Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. We all know the difference between just having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of the pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Hi guys, welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm so thankful you tuned in today and I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I have my sweet friend, Megan McCarns. Say hello. Hi, everybody. That's her voice. And Megan was actually already on this podcast and she did the episode about immigration, which I highly encourage you. If you are listening, you just need to pause this one, okay? And go back to season two to listen to that episode because she talks all about the lies we believe about immigration, what it actually is, what God thinks about undocumented immigrants, refugees, everything, everything's in there. So I just recommend you to go listen to that because Megan's a freaking genius. And this is her second time. So Megan, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh man, thank you for that introduction. Oh my goodness. Um, Yeah, so my name is Megan. I live in Ohio. Um, I just graduated with my degree in international studies and Spanish. And I am about to start a new job um, that works with immigrants and refugees with the public health department of um, my city where I live. So, And I know that we already said this in our previous episode, but Megan is an organized Google Docs queen. So we were actually planning this episode and she texted me and I literally wrote it down because I thought it was so funny. But she said, starting the Google Doc now, bestie. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had to make two. I had like a pre-Google Doc before the actual Google Doc. (laughs) (laughs) So we just know that she is prepared and she is always ready. So Megan, would you tell us what have you been set free from? I would say that I have been set free from having just a bitter attitude towards leadership that isn't necessarily ideal. I've had pastors who have showed favoritism to students before. I have had leadership that was there not because they were necessarily qualified or had the training on how to be a leader, but more so that they were just available and the position needed to be filled. I've also had leaders who started false rumors about the people they're leading or leaders who will talk poorly about the people they're leading to others in and outside of the organization or the ministry. So after having all of these experiences with poor leadership, I started praying to God and just asking him, okay, God, I don't understand. Why is this just one leader after the other? I'm just being under poor leadership. I don't understand. And I started to shift my mindset in not, okay, God, I hate this. Why are you doing this to me? Um, But instead I shifted it to what are you trying to teach me in this leadership? And when I was under poor leadership in a certain ministry, I remember shifting my prayers and my mindset to this. And God answered, 
Learning to submit under bad leadership will train you to submit to me in hard times. And so when God spoke to me in that way, I was like, oh, sorry, God. <laughs> it, was very, it was very convicting. And luckily, the Lord has blessed me also with amazing leaders. One of them, she wasn't even in a ministry or a church or anything like that. She was actually my former boss and student organization advisor at my university. And the university wasn't Christian, but I was just able to tell right away that she loves the Lord. She was so intentional with all of us. She would have one-on-one -on -one meetings with all of the student employees in the office. And she would work with us not only on just professionalism, but also our personal goals. And she was just so intentional and encouraging. And I remember calling her at the beginning of like my last semester at, at my college. And I was crying because I was just going through it with one of my professors. And I barely knew her at the time. And she told me, Megan, if your best is all you can do, your best is good enough. And I, as honestly, I, one of my flaws is that I'm very hard on myself and I can be like a borderline perfectionist sometimes. And so when she told me this, I have held on to those words. Like she was such a good example in her words and her actions. And she all did it while maintaining such a healthy boundary between her personal life and work. And Kathy, if you're listening to this, shout out to you because you're amazing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> luckily the Lord's just blessed me with really good leadership like her as well. That's so good. I appreciate how you said your good experiences of leadership and bad experiences because every person has both. No matter if you're Christian or not Christian or it's just a professor or it's your parents, like we all have examples of both in our lives and it's up to us how we learn and grow from that experience. I personally grew up with leadership in my church that always believed in me and I had like relatively good experiences with um, the leadership in my church when I was growing up. And then I worked with a, an organization overseas and I started dealing with so many issues with the leadership. It was like constant issues. I don't know why exactly, but some of the problems just included like favoritism with different students. Um, my leaders specifically did not believe me about certain things. <laughs> it is so frustrating to be telling the truth. And your leader, like, doesn't believe you for some reason. They also had a lot of gossiping issues going on in that I didn't feel like I could necessarily trust the leadership with personal problems or issues because I knew they would go to other people or talk bad about me behind my back. I also had a leader with absolutely no boundaries during that time. So it was just very confusing. Like, do I tell you this? Is this a work problem? Is this a personal problem? I don't know what I should share with you, what I shouldn't share with you. And then on the other hand, I did have great experiences with leadership after that as well, in that I was a student life advisor for a year at college. And I just worked under some amazing people who had really great boundaries set for themselves so therefore, I felt like I could set really good boundaries for myself, too. And they just taught me a lot about balance in work and rest and your time with family, time with friends. Like you should have time to have a balanced life. So I've had ups and downs as we've all had with leadership. So how has this freedom from the bitterness you once had towards leadership affected you in a positive way? What has God been able to do with your life? The Lord has definitely taught me in those times of being under poor leadership, 
on how to be a good leader. The Lord's really showed me that people need a lot more grace and compassion than we think. And, you know, being in that position of feeling mistreated by leadership has showed me to be intentional in all of my relationships and has showed me to be more gracious and compassionate and kind to people that might be under my leadership. Um, it's also kind of taught me to even have a little more fun with the people, obviously with, with having a balance, you know, but leadership isn't just like a strict, like, Ooh, do what I say, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a relationship that you have to have with people. There shouldn't be a divide between a leader and the person that they're leading. There should be a relationship, obviously with boundaries, but it should be a lot more open and compassionate and kind and even gentle, just like the fruits of the spirit, honestly. So since we're going to be talking so much about leadership in this episode, if you guys haven't figured that out already, Megan, could you define what you think leadership is for us? Yeah, so I think that leadership First and foremost, it's definitely a position of God gives a person that's in the Bible everywhere is that, you know, leadership is here on earth and given to us from God. A good leader also sets direction and can help build an inspiring vision for the organization that they serve under. And they can do that by creating something new, all while humbly pouring into those that they lead. Um, I would also say that leadership is about mapping out the future and doing what they believe will be the most impactful, not only in the future, but also in the present. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that doesn't always come with a specific leadership title like director or coordinator. It could also just come in the form of mom <laughs> right, or mentor or friend. It basically is influence if you're just boiling it down to the most basic essential element of leadership is that you all have influence over someone. So Megan, where do you think that Christians seem to go wrong when we encounter difficult leadership? I know that sometimes we as Christ followers expect everyone else, especially those who are in leadership over us, to always do the right thing or to always be godly. And when they fall short of that, we just don't know how to react sometimes. So where do we seem to go wrong when those things happen? Yeah, I would say that for me personally, I go wrong in the sense that I will complain to others or talk to other people before I talk to God about it. I think it's a very easy thing as humans to do is to go to people that maybe are even under the same leadership, people that are outside of the leadership, and just saying like, oh my gosh, this person did this, I hate this, why are they doing this? And, you know, like I said earlier, it's something where we have to shift our thinking and saying, okay, what can I learn under this leadership? God, what are you trying to teach me under this leadership? I think for me as well, I also am a type of person that wants to fix things. And personally, for me, it also comes from just a point of arrogance and where I think maybe I know what's best for an organization. I think I know how to fix things better than my leader does. And odds are that some of the leaders that we have and that we maybe don't agree with are actually good leaders, but they have a different perspective than we do on some things. So I would say that just maybe gossiping, complaining, and arrogance are probably my big three. That is a big three right there. (laughs) That's really good. We also 
seem to think like it's an us against them type of deal. We seem to forget that we are both serving the same God and he wants us to work together in unity. That doesn't mean we necessarily have the same ideas, same perspective. It just means that we choose to love each other. That being said, what does the Bible actually instruct us to do when we find ourselves under unfair or difficult leadership? That could take one of two sides, if you will. One is like you just don't get along with the leadership, but the leadership isn't necessarily doing anything directly wrong. And the other side is like the leadership is not acting in a godly way or they are doing something that is really unfair. What do we instructed to do in those times yeah so the first verse that comes to mind in this is actually proverbs sixteen four. it says the lord has made everything for its purpose even the wicked for the day of trouble and that part where it says even the wicked it just shows us that god has a purpose for every single thing that we go through whether that be poor leadership or whether that be Uh, Serving in a ministry that is just kind of going downhill or there's just a lot of bumps in it. I also go back and think of the Pharaoh in Moses' time and how he treated the Israelites as slaves. And he never really showed any fear of God. Yet we know that at the end of it all, God was able to effectively show us his might through his rescue of Israel. And he was able to do that through such an awful leader like Pharaoh, right? And so in the same way, our seemingly bad leaders today are in position simply because God wants to do something to his people. And that could be to point them to Christ and bring them to Christ likeness. When we are under unfair leadership, we are first and foremost instructed to just trust in the Lord. God knows what he's doing. I say that all the time. God knows what he's doing. He knows what he puts. He knows what he takes away. And I think the biggest thing that we are instructed to do in all of the Bible, but especially under leadership that maybe isn't the best, is to just trust that God has a plan to work through it, whether that be teaching the leader that you're under or even teaching you. That's so good. It's like we just forget that no one is perfect. We just assume that people with titles should always do the right thing. And like, yes, we are all called to obey Christ. We forget that the leaders in our lives are also learning that. Something that I also learned while I was under unfair leadership, actually someone recently I was just talking to, she asked me like, well, how do you think you become good leadership? And I laughed and I was like, you operate under bad leadership. (laughs) But I was only partly joking about that because I just learned a lot while I was under unfair leadership about good leadership, what I don't want to do in the future, what I do want to do in the future. It's not necessarily that you should put yourself directly under unfair leadership on purpose, not saying that. But one thing that I learned while I was under that poor leadership was what the Lord says about it. And a lot of it is in Romans 13. I'm going to read it. It is a lot of words, but I just want everyone to tune in for your listening ears because this is really good stuff. I'm going to start in Romans 12 verse 17 it says do not repay anyone evil for evil be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody if it is possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone do not take revenge my friends but leave room for god's wrath for it is written it is mine to avenge i will repay says the lord on the contrary if your enemy is hungry feed him 
If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And now we're starting Romans 13. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you, for he is God's servant to do you good. If you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant and agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoers. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of the possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is why you also pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Whoa. Yeah, I actually read that for the very first time while I was under poor leadership. And it changed my life because I was like, it doesn't matter if the people over me are necessarily doing the right thing or handling the leadership well. It is my job and the only thing I actually have control over to submit to them. I also read a book while I was under that same leadership and it's called Undercover by John Bevere. I just highly recommend that for anyone struggling through this or wondering about leadership, good leadership, bad leadership, what we're supposed to do. I would just highly recommend reading that book because it was so helpful to me. Because I know now that God placed that authority, whether they're good or bad, he placed that person there. And it's my job to submit to that person because I am ultimately submitting to the Lord, if that makes sense. Mm, Exactly. Megan, let's say that we have seen the good, the bad, the ugly of all of it. How can we grow into good, godly leadership, regardless of what our past experience of leadership has been? So I would say part of growing into a good leader is honestly just healing from your past hurts. Because when we don't heal from previous leadership, sometimes we can carry that into new direction that the Lord's taking us into, maybe new ministries or new leadership opportunities. Growing into a better leader is to really try to reflect God's character in your leadership style. When we look at the Bible, we can even see God's character in the fruits of the Spirit as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, all of those characteristics that we learn in like Sunday school when we're, when we're kids. You know, God is also love. The Bible says that God loves justice and mercy and humility. And he also cares for those that are poor in spirit, the grief-stricken, the humble, the brokenhearted. And I would say that the the biggest way that we can grow into a better leader is really just focusing and being intentional on reflecting God's character in our leadership. That's so good. I mean, the healthier the person you are, the healthier the leader you are. I love how you mentioned that we need to heal from past hurts as well. So what would you say are some steps we can take to heal from hurts caused by Christian leadership if we have any? 
Well, the first step, honestly, is just recognition, recognizing that you are hurt. And sometimes we have to recognize that some church hurt and some hurt under poor leadership honestly comes from an abuse of power. You know, there's times where we can see that people will kind of gossip about other people, but say that, oh, hey, pray about this person because they're going through this. Uh, that's obviously not really, you know, being intentional in prayer is more or less just, hey, this is what this person's going through. Let me talk about it with somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. um, there's other just kind of abuses of power where maybe I've heard people say that, you know, if they have a mental health issue, that if they're still not healed from that, that they don't have enough faith in the Lord. You know, just certain comments like that or putting blame on certain people in relationships. There's a lot of ways that we can recognize that a lot of church hurt and a lot of hurt from leadership comes from an abuse of power. And so I think that the first step is to honestly just recognize that and pray and ask God, God, why do I feel like this towards this person? Why am I feeling the way that I do? And so in that, you know, go to the Lord in prayer and seek guidance and counsel from other people. Also just ask the Lord to help us forgive and understand the people that have hurt us or the situations that have hurt us. You know, we can look in the word and we see so many different stories in the Bible where the leadership is appointed by God, whether that be good or bad, we can see that God's hand is on the leadership. And so I would say after, you know, talking to God, reading in the word, seeking guidance and counsel and just um, opening up a lot of those wounds, it's not a good feeling, but, you know, that's the way that we get help and that's the way that we can heal from poor leadership and from church hurt. And so I think after doing all that, even if you're you're in a place that you can and just praying and, and healing and I would say even sit down with the leader that hurt you and talk to them and obviously a calm conversation, um, but just so both perspectives can be heard because a lot of times being under poor leadership, there could be a misunderstanding or there could be things that, you know, maybe you don't agree with how the leader did things, but the leader had a certain reason in doing the things that they did. And so I think that can honestly be like one of the last steps in healing is genuinely sitting down with the person that hurt you and talking to them and just seeing their perspective as well. Yes, that's true. I mean, I think very few leaders want to keep all their reasons for doing things a secret. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like when we come to others in a place of understanding, like, I just don't understand why you did this, why you want to operate in this way that can be a great place for healing to begin or continue because you're not coming at the person attacking them saying, this was a wrong move. Why did you do it? Right. <laughs> I also think that the way Jesus handles leadership and conflict is so countercultural because he says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, all this stuff. And so I think that a great way to just walk through forgiveness, but also that will bring so much healing to you, is consistently and daily praying for those who have hurt you. Praying the very best things for them. You have to boil it down to God also made that person that you are so angry at. And so when we start to view them as a child of God and not just like a tyrannical leader... <laughs> we can actually have compassion for them because they're just people. They're just learning as we are. I know that a lot of people struggle once they have been hurt by Christian leadership 
or the church in general, they can struggle with separating the wrongs done to them from God and his character. So how would you encourage us to be able to separate those two? So God uses bad leaders to show us that he is the only one that we must follow and obey. And in that, obviously, we have to look and see, you know, the Lord did appoint the people that are in leadership where they're at. And so submitting to that leadership, whether or not you agree with them, that is the best way that we can submit to the Lord. Just like you said earlier, Jenny, I think that obviously as humans, you're going to have shortcomings. Like we all have shortcomings and especially those that are in leadership, the spotlight is on them because everybody is looking to see what they're going to do. And so all human leaders have shortcomings. That's just something we have to accept. And, you know, even if we have bad leaders, some have more than just that. But God has nothing but our good and our, our well-being in store for us. And so I would just say bad leadership doesn't reflect God's character. Obviously, leadership does need to reflect the Lord's character, like we mentioned earlier. But um, sometimes we just have to really be intentional in separating, okay, this is a human and I serve God. The human that I am under their leadership, if they fail, that's not because God is failing me. That just means that they're human and they're messing up. But we really have to just be intentional in remembering who God is. And, you know, again, he loves justice, mercy, and humility. He says that and I think it's Micah 6. Yeah, that's true. We could be messing up just as much as said leader that is doing a bad job in our opinions but we could be doing just as much wrong as they are they just have the spotlight on them <laughs> so we see it more it's more public believe me i love being organized just as much as the next person but i have found a pattern in my life when i try to use a basic planner it goes like this i'm going strong writing down what i need to do until thanksgiving comes around and then I forget the planner exists until the new year. In January, I'm committed and excited to get organized, but once March hits, I can't even find the thing anymore. Have you ever experienced this? Do you ever feel like you want to get organized but just don't have the time to? Let me tell you about Life in Order. Life in Order is a business that makes 100% customized bullet journals to help set you up to thrive in your goals, business, relationships, and personal growth. My bullet journal has been a game changer for me. And the best part about it was that it was already set up for what I personally needed in my life. Now I can keep track of how much water I drink and how often I'm journaling. I also requested to put a page in there specifically dedicated to honeybees because who doesn't need more honeybees in their life? You can find Life in Order's products on Etsy.com today to get your own bullet journal set up for your unique lifestyle. You can also use the code JENNY15, that's J-E-N-N-Y-1-5, to get 15% off your personalized journal today. So I highly encourage you, take initiative to order one and your future self will personally come back to you of today and thank you. If anyone wants to do more research or just dive deeper into wrestling with these questions, a great podcast episode that has helped me is called Over Slash Under. I just want to say there's a backslash in the middle, not the word backslash. Anyway, <laughs> Over Slash Under, it's by Levi Lusco, and he talks about how Jesus views leadership 
and how we need to submit to the authorities above us in a godly way, unless that authority is asking us to do something directly unbiblical. So that is a really helpful podcast episode if anyone wants to listen to it. For me, I would say a resource that has really helped me is the book Designed to Lead. It's by Eric Geiger and Kevin Peck. Basically, this book is just really informative, and it helped me understand churches that help develop leaders and also just leadership and ministry. So um, it's a very helpful resource. Do you have any final encouragements for those who are specifically doubting their faith because of hurt from the church? Yes. Honestly, like I mentioned earlier, bad leadership does not reflect God's character. We shouldn't grow tired or weary. But again, we need to shift our thought process and God, what are you trying to teach me? God, help my unbelief. God, help me understand the situation that I'm in. Even when it feels like you're losing faith in who God is and losing faith in the church and ministry and everything that the Lord's called you to do, the Bible tells us to pray. So if poor leadership is leading you to start doubting your faith and starting to just feel really hurt by ministry in the church, just remember that that isn't God. And God is still there to listen to your doubts and to listen to your fears and the things that make you upset. Being a Christian doesn't mean that we're just going to have smooth sailing. And it's even harder when we're hurt by ministry and hurt by leadership. But we just really have to remember that God can use any bad situation and bring it to give him glory. And so just be patient in what you're going through. Find somebody that can give you advice and pray with you. Find somebody that can encourage you along the way because God is really going to use every single thing that you go through for his glory. And he's going to teach you in all of the bad things. So uh, don't lose heart. He's still there and he still loves you, even though it's it's really hard to be under poor leadership sometimes. Yes. I even think of how Jesus entered the world as this newborn baby under unfair leadership. Mm-hmm. He was under a king at the time who issued a decree to murder all of the babies under two years old. Is that fair? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. It's destructive, harmful, all the things. And as Jesus grew up, he's under this Roman leadership that was robbing the people. There were a lot of, lot of terrible things going on under that leadership. And that's where Jesus entered the scene. So as Christians, we're supposed to be light. And it doesn't mean that our, circumstances are perfect in any way shape or form so I would just say you guys can do this (laughs) Mm -hmm. Megan thank you so much for sharing and thank you for being our guest today because we both have healed so much and come so far even in just how long have I known you oh my word 2017 2018 2019 25 years oh five years I've known you I feel like we've both come so far in learning so much. And I knew that this would just benefit a lot of other people as they're going through the same thing. So thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you, Jenny, for having me and just using your platform to to talk about hard things like this. <laughs> hard things are my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so this is Head to Heart Podcast. Thank you all for listening. We just hope you apply this to your life. Do research on your own search the word and what the Lord has to say to you about the leadership in your life and how you can 
grow into a godly leader yourself. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. If you have any topics in mind you'd like us to cover, go ahead and send us a message on Instagram. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. Make sure you subscribe as a way of making sure you never miss an episode. And if you would be so kind, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday. So stay tuned and thanks for joining us. Thank you.